gracious God, you led the Magi by the guiding of a star. Lead us also in our search for wisdom. Amen. Amen. Be seated. You know the old joke about the epiphany, right? The Bible doesn't specify the gender of these wise guys in the original language. We only hear that they're Magi. So how do we know that this was a group of wise men and not wise women? Three wise women would have asked directions, arrived on time, helped deliver the baby, cleaned the stable, made a casserole, brought practical gifts, and there would be peace on earth. (laughs) It's an old joke. It relies on old gender stereotypes. I know, a lot of, or I know a lot of guys who would ask direction. I know a, a, a delivery nurse or two that's a guy as well. I know some women who often arrive, arrive late. And I know a couple of genderqueer folks who make excellent casseroles. But the old joke does point to something that's there in the text of the Bible. It makes us pay a little bit of attention to what is going on in this strange story. As wise ones go, these folks have a little bit against them at the start. How do you call someone wise who leaves home following a star, only to get lost and end up not only in the wrong house, but in the wrong city? Why do they arrive so late? Christmas was 12 days ago. What gives? How do we call them wise? I want to posit this morning that the wisdom in this text has to do with the decisions the wise ones make after they meet Herod. I want to say that this strange story of the Magi teaches us that wisdom is different than knowledge. Wisdom isn't about having correct trivia answers. A wise person is able to listen deeply, to look beyond the appearance of things. Wisdom is about staying open for spiritual surprises, staying open to a divinely inspired change in plans. And thirdly, wisdom is about embracing moral courage. Let's start at the beginning, shall we? These magi are strange characters. The visitors appear from the east. They last for exactly 12 verses and are never mentioned again in the Bible. We know that they must have been some kind of astrologers for their following signs in the heavens. We know they must have had some kind of status because they're given an audience with King Herod. We know a great deal about Herod from history. Herod the Great, as he called himself. He cared about status. This leader was pals with the Emperor Augustus and with Cleopatra. The Magi ended up in Herod's throne room, so they must have been B-listers at the very least. Common knowledge tells you that if your star had predicted the birth of the king of the Jews, you would head to Jerusalem, the capital. You would head to Herod's city, because even the gospel names the era the time of King Herod. This Herod was a guy with an impressive throne room. You can still see the ruins of his palaces, plural, some of them from space. He built massive palaces that were quasi-bunkers as well, on top of hills. He was a little anxious, and he had reason to be. Herod was building palaces to protect himself from the people, the people he was exploiting. His wealth came from the labor of his subjects, and he had reason to be nervous. 
Herod was a builder of walls. And the Western Wall, where Jewish people still go on pilgrimage today to mortar the stones with their prayers, to tuck the pieces of paper in between the giant stones, that's some of Herod's construction. Herod's walls were built with some of the most massive stones ever moved by human beings. There's one stone that's still holding up the temple complex. It measures 40 feet long, 11 feet high, and it weighs over 600 tons. Herod left his mark. Huge palaces, temples, colosseums, whole cities. Herod was a builder. That these magi see Herod is a big deal. But they don't just see Herod. They see past Herod. That's part of why we call the magi wise. One characteristic of wisdom is being able to set aside appearances of power. Wisdom is about discerning what is going on behind the curtain. Something doesn't sit right for those magi in that throne room. They're able to listen to something deeper than the surface story. They're able to let go of the distraction of Herod and his court, to let go of all of the anxiety that can bring. They're able to settle down and discern that all that pomp and power, all the wealth and might that Herod has on display, it's not what they're looking for. Herod is not their king. They can't afford to stay distracted. They head to Bethlehem. Now, Bethlehem is where the story really gets interesting. Because they kneel, but not in a throne room. They kneel in a much humbler birthplace. Their opulent gifts seem out of place in the ramshackle Bethlehem dwelling. This is the second characteristic of wisdom in today's story. The first was seeing past all of Herod's opulence. But wisdom takes them further. These wise ones are open to a spiritual surprise. The Magi were expecting to find a king. They find themselves among the poor, the lonely, the frightened, the last place you'd look for a worldly ruler. And yet, is there a more fitting place to meet Jesus? This is the beginning of Matthew's Gospel. At the end of Matthew's Gospel, Jesus will tell his followers to look for him among the sick, the hungry, the naked, those in prison, from the beginning to the end, Jesus is a king of a very different kind of kingdom. We also know that these magi don't share Jesus' religious identity. Whatever their faith, these three mysterious figures, they've encountered something sacred in the infant Jesus. Their spiritual wisdom is more than trivial. You could have all the religious knowledge in the world. You could have the Bible memorized. You could go get a PhD in systematic theology and write a thesis on Thomas Aquinas. But it takes wisdom, not knowledge, to know when God is acting. It takes wisdom to let God surprise you by showing up in a slum among people of another faith. Christians today have something to learn as we approach other faiths. And we can learn from some of the first wise people who knelt before our Savior, people who didn't share his creed. What would it mean to approach other faiths with an open heart, looking for surprises? Could we meditate with Buddhists, whirl with Sufi dervishes, eat a Passover meal with a Jewish neighbor? 
Could we be open to the spirit moving in the midst of all of these traditions? The Magi didn't walk away and put an Episcopal Church welcomes you sticker on the back of their camel for the ride home. But these wise ones, these faithful discerners, they understood that something surprising had taken place in Jesus. And it brought about a change. Something happens to the Magi as they kneel before the baby under that unexpected star. Some change is wrought. Some new dream, as the Bible tells us. Some new dream comes. The change is big and the change is courageous. This is the final mark of wisdom in today's text. Wisdom comes with moral courage. Remember, in the text, Herod had asked them to return to his palace to share the location of this competing king. We can imagine Herod hinted he'd compensate the Magi for their trouble. Herod told the Magi he wanted to pay homage, but we know that's not true. The next story in this gospel involves Herod killing babies, the slaughter of the children. Herod wanted to squash every potential rebellion, even a spiritual one. But the Magi won't do Herod's dirty work. They wisely chose to return by another road. I love the poetic way Matthew puts this decision. They returned home by another road. It reminds me of that old Robert Frost poem that became part of the public domain today. I, I took the road less traveled by, and that has made all the difference. How often in life do we end up on another road? Definitely more often than we planned. Sometimes, like Frost, we choose the road. Sometimes, like for the Magi, the road chooses us. The circumstances changed for these wise people. They knew they couldn't return to Herod, and so they had to take another road. They made a decision not to do what the political leader wanted. It was a courageous choice. We need this kind of wise moral courage today, the courage to follow another road. Our country, our nation, desperately needs folks who are willing to choose a different way. We need the courage to ignore the Herods, we need to stop playing their petty games. Now, as then, the lives of children are at stake. Families, again, are on the run from violence, the way Jesus and his parents would be just after this story. At our border, children and their parents arrive daily, trying to escape the threats of death from gangs in Central America. In our cities, parents and teens wonder how they can escape the gun violence, which especially plagues communities of color. Friends, are we going to choose another road? Will we work for solutions that aren't just politically palatable? Will we look for ways to work together toward wisdom, toward justice, toward peace? We sometimes use the word wise to talk about people who are older than we are. Wise can be used as a euphemism, as a way to be nice when we talk about age. But then again, we all know some folks who have gotten older without getting any wiser. <laughs> so if it isn't about age, what makes a man, a woman, a person wise? Wisdom, at least for the Magi, it comes from discerning beyond displays of wealth and power. 
Wisdom comes from staying open to spiritual surprises, even among those of other faiths. And wisdom is involved in making morally courageous decisions. The Magi's star did not lead to power and influence, to money and fame. These Magi disappear after these 12 verses. But those who follow their star may find themselves more able to see beyond the shallow displays, more able to hear the voice of God in surprising ways. People who follow this star might find the wisdom to act with moral courage. This epiphany, may God bless us with courage, with wisdom, to look for Christ in the most surprising places. Amen.